Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rashford, he's in here, he scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. One man can do better, only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mugger. I'm joined this evening, or should I say good evening? Uh, Gaz, how's it going? What's going on, bro? What's happening? It's bro, they're going to be surprised. I'm good, man. I'm good. Life is good, man. I can't I can't complain. Yeah? Good, good to hear, my man. Good to hear. Good. Uh, Aka, people's fave. What are you saying, brother? Where you been? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good to be back on. How you yeah, doing? happy, happy to have you on, bro. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Shame about the result, but... Happy to be on. I'm good. Good, good, good. Uh, before we start, I've got to do the usual plug to socials. If you're a listener who is not following on the Twitter, TLF underscore Mugga. Promise you there'll be more tweets this week. Might, might be me, might be somebody else, but getting around to it. Uh, bunch of you signed up to the Patreon. Going forward, your man is Gaz. So you got any issues, you want any content at Midnight Gaz, and he, he's your man. Uh, but we should have some bits and pieces coming out in the next few weeks with it being the last game week before we go off for the World Cup break. Um, and we'll have lots of bits and pieces in between now and then anyway. So with that being said, let's get right into it, lads. Uh, we lost. First loss in a while. So uh, overall, I'm okay with it. But before we talk about me being okay with it, let's get into it. So obviously we played Aston Villa yesterday, 2pm, Sunday kickoff. We lost 3-1. 
Uh, Aka, I'm going to come to you first because uh, I think I haven't been on a pod with you for probably over a year at this point. Um, what were your thoughts going into the game and how do you feel like it panned out? Going into the game, I thought, you know, we'd played a hard run of fixtures coming into the game in the league and I felt coming to the last two games before the World Cup, uh, it would be important to get six out of six points against Villa and Fulham. It's a happy hunting ground, you know, it's a ground we haven't lost at for almost 28 years. So it's a home away from home at Villa Park. So, I mean, I was I was quietly confident. I know we had a few injuries, but stuff like that. But we were on the up, not being conceding many, not lost many. Mm. I felt like we, we could walk away three points. I thought with the Villa new manager bounce, maybe a draw. But I didn't expect that first half to play, play out that way. I know there's an element of tiredness from Europa, new manager and everything, but... You know, I was gobsmacked in the first 15 minutes to be 2-0 down. And yeah, it's, a, it's just, I mean, I know you're saying we haven't lost for a while, but it's a disappointing result because when you work so hard against the big teams and then you just mm. go to the next game and get smashed by Villa, it's like Groundhog Day almost. You know, a lot of United fans, including myself, suffer from PTSD at this point. So, <laughs> you know, I just want consistency. I want to go on a 5, 6, 7, 8 winning game streak and there's something we, we just seem to can't do since... Fergie's That's left. not easy in this league, man. Only a handful of teams, only, only a couple of, I was gonna say a handful, couple of teams in this league have done that in the last five years. Really enough, win after win after win. Let's say a couple, I talk about our two biggest rivals in Liverpool and City, probably yeah. makes that hurt just that bit more. But do you really think at this stage, this team is ready to reel off that, that seven, eight game winning streak? I think because of the, the squad frailties that came to light on yesterday we're not in a position to do that because the league is so competitive. Gone mm. are the days where you can play the same 11 every week and, you know, they just pull out the results. You've got so many games in this World Cup year as well, cramped mm. in. There's an element of tiredness. So for this season, I'd have to agree. But I was confident because that's the level we were at. That's the level we've been playing at. We, yeah. we drew a couple of games, but we should have won them. Chelsea and Newcastle. So it's looking good since post-Man City. And I just didn't expect that, to be honest. I didn't expect to get smashed like that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I think that is indicative of where we are and I think we had a similar experience with LVG where we actually did better in the bigger games yeah. uh, and that's typically the nature of a team who's coming in thinking they can beat you they'll push up a bit there'll be spaces they'll be trying to hurt you as much as you're trying to hurt them when we're playing these teams that are coming against us and they're thinking they can snatch a win or a, a draws a good result for us uh, or good result for them should I say they keep things a lot tighter and with with the obvious lack of quality in that front line um, it's really really hard for us to to break these teams down and create chances at a, a, a good clip um, guys I, I want to come across to you talk about the lineup uh, yeah let's uh, let's talk about the lineup some well I don't know if you call them interested some choices made by the gaffer um, I'll, I'll run through the team just for you guys' uh, jogging your memory. So De Gea, ever-present in goal. Dallo, ever-present at right-back. Lindelof and Martinez. Uh, Luke Shaw, who's just got his uh, left-back spot back. Eriksen and Casemiro, double pivot. Got Rashford on the right. Van der Beek in the 10. Garnacho on the left. And we've got Cristiano Ronaldo up top. When you saw that lineup pre-game, how were you feeling, guys? Were you feeling good? Were you feeling... Ugh? I think there's a small part of me that got a bit... I, for, I forgot how bad the front four was because I was a bit excited to see Garnacho make his debut, um, which I guess was the, is the is the fan in me in terms of wanting to see a young kid who's exciting on the ball get a chance. Yeah. But upon reflection of the lineup, 
because I didn't really take it in at the time. I just saw Garnacho. I was like, yes. Yeah. It, it's a very, we, very... We love a youngster, don't we? Exactly. It's it's, it's part of the uh, fascination and, and the magic of football, I guess, is seeing a young young G come through from the... Even if he'd be what him two years ago, you know, seeing a young boy come through is so exciting, you know. Especially him, because of what we've seen out there from Sancho and Alanga. Seeing someone that just will take someone on with purpose is really exciting to see. But um, upon reflection, you've got Rashford who can't play on the right and never will prob- ne- probably will never be able to. Uh, we had Donny van der Beek who, who didn't play, essentially. He was non-existent. He didn't do anything to impact the game whatsoever. I thought he was a passenger and I thought he was passive. Um, and he's just not someone that's going to get on the ball in the pockets and make things happen anyway. He's more of a third-man run, link player. And we're not that good. We're not good enough yet for him to have an impact in the team, as well as him just not being of the level, which is, sounds harsh. Um, and then we've got a 30... But true. Harsh, but, harsh but true. And I guess, I know you're going to keep going, but just on that Donny van der Beek. Yeah, go on, bro. Um, what point, yeah. We are well known for the, the Bruno slander. When you see a guy like Donny van der Beek, who's obviously on paper, I at School of Football, uh, 90s are passing him by and he's having little to no impact. Does it make you appreciate, despite his faults, a Bruno Fernandes more for what he sometimes can do on the ball, but I think even more importantly in this team, which we missed off the ball? I don't, I'll be honest. I think, I don't think, especially in comparison to me previous seasons, I haven't had much to complain about with Bruno this year. Um, he's still very petulant. He is still erratic to some degree, but I don't feel as though it's as impactful as it used to be. And I think part of that is to do with Ten Hag. Um, so, yes, to answer your question, essentially, you'd rather have a Bruno in there who's going to try something than someone who does nothing whatsoever, personally. Um, and, that's, and personally, for me, still, if we could go and get a Madison, laughing. Absolutely laughing. Uh, we saw his that's, a, that's, a, that's a dream right there, man. I know, I know. He's probably going to end up at Newcastle, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, I'd love to see. But yeah, back to your point and the main point in hand is Bruno was missed, which is crazy to say, but he was missed. And even off the ball, his energy, and again, he's very erratic off the ball with his pressing and sometimes he can leave the shape um, lopsided because he's he wants to just chase the ball, but I think we even missed him off the ball yesterday, you know. Um, so, yeah. And then, obviously, Ronaldo, 38-year-old, 30, Ten Hag's reasoning for giving him the captaincy was so funny. It was what did he say? What was his reason? Essentially said, uh, Bruno's out. Casemiro doesn't know English. De Gea is too far from the goal, from the pit, from the rest of the players to impact how we play on the ball and off the ball. So, I'm going to give it to Ronaldo. How did Ronaldo impact it? Negatively. Well, he almost got. Oh, I'm sorry. Because I feel like off, off the back of the things you're saying, it's it's bringing more questions. So obviously, um, a few weeks ago, Cristiano Ronaldo left, refused to come on, and left early when we beat Spurs, um, and that triggered a lot of discussion. He was, uh, I think, he was fined some wages, maybe, and then he was obviously demoted to the under 21s. Off the back of that, he's come back. He's played started four games, full full nineties. When it when it originally happened, everyone was praising how Ten Hag had handled Cristiano Ronaldo, difficult character. Aka, since then, do, has has your opinion on how he's handled the Ronaldo situation changed? Do you think his hands are somewhat tied because of the injuries that we have? Um, yeah, to go from you know getting kicked out of the team for a week 
to now you're captain in the side in a couple of weeks. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Where do you stand with that? I think he's bottled it 100% because up until that moment where he's find him and took him out of the squad at, at the bridge, I think everyone is in you know unanimous agreement. He's done a really, really good job there. He's handled a really, really awkward situation, a ticking time bomb coming into United perfectly to the point where he's given Ronaldo the rope to hang himself and Ronaldo has hung himself. And it was perfect. You know, the World Cup's coming up in a few weeks. Ronaldo's torn, thrown his toys out of the pram. Let it be now. Let him go. But the last four weeks, uh, four games have been baffling. I think he's absolutely bottled it, culminating with him getting the captaincy armband yesterday. Just for that, we deserve to lose yesterday. That for, for that alone. When I see that... I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Who should he have used instead? Why not give it Marcus Rashford? Scored 100 goals for the club. Come from the academy. Been there since the age of seven. He speaks English. He's born in England. Why not? Get, he's from Manchester. Oh, whoa. We're getting xenophobic. Oh, wow. No, no, no. I'm not getting <laughs> He gave you're addressing, you're addressing the point that he made. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm he made the point that so-and-so couldn't speak English. So-and-so is far away from the goal. Mm. How does, you know, Ronaldo... And Rashford is, a you know, a, a, a great professional. It always gets lost in, you know, in everything else he does. He's a top, top professional and he always has been. He's never been caught in any scandals. He's never caused the club any problems. He's only not done nothing but raise the club's level uh, on and off the pitch. So why shouldn't he be the captain? He's feeding half the country's kids. So why the hell shouldn't he be the captain for Manchester United? <laughs> compared to Ronaldo, who's refusing to play. Okay, so that's the captaincy. But what about the starting? Because we, we have... It's a combination of the players you want to start are injured. And the other options are just as bad, if not worse, than Bold Ronaldo. Bold it. So, I, went, I, I went to the West Ham game, Ryo, and yeah. I honestly thought, I couldn't believe why he wasn't taking him off. And the only explanation I gave myself going back to the car was, it was a social experiment to see how bad Ronaldo was for 90, so he could show him the tapes on Monday and say, this is the reason why I don't pick you. This is the reason why you don't play. This is the reason why you get five minutes against Spurs. But instead, he's got another two 90s on the back of it, and he's been even worse than he was against West Ham. Do you know so, what I think he was hoping? I think he was hoping that the wear and tear he'd get injured. But this is this is a terminator. This, this guy this will outlive us all. Ronaldo is going to outlive us all. Absolutely. <laughs> him, Bruno just do not get injured. They're never gonna get injured. <laughs> Can't believe this is my life. <laughs> Martial, Ronaldo's durability. Oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> fuck me, bro. We would be laughing. Tell you that for free. Absolutely laughing. So, um, Gaz, are you in agreement? Do you think Ten Hag has bottled it with Ronaldo? Or do you think it's more nuanced than that? I think he's trying to play... Uh, not devil's advocate, it's the wrong term. But I think he's trying to find a balance. Uh, at the end of the day, this is more assumptions slash what I've read slash intuition. But I think there's, Ronaldo still has huge influence, whether we like it or not, on a lot of those players in the dressing room. So, until he actually leaves... You, you're better to have not him on side because you have we have to manage his behaviour and you know his impact on the rest of the team. But we have to find a balance of you know keeping him not on the word isn't on side, but keeping him in in check, I guess, alongside the fact that we don't have the strength in depth squad wise, especially in that centre forward position, to not utilise him. But the problem is he's just not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not impacting the games anymore. Even goal scoring, like the header, which I'm sure we'll get into later on, the headed opportunity, which would have made it 2-1 at the time. Or, yep, would have made it 2-1. Uh, 
would have given us more space to get into the into the match during the first half, and he's completely fluffed his lines, and he scores that maybe even a year ago, if not more. Um, he drops in deep. Spoken about this before. Drops in deep. Tries to play that role of I'm going to get involved in the build up, and he can't do it. He can't do it. He hasn't got the ability to take two or three players on. His interplay isn't great. He brings nothing. The only problem is Anthony's injured. Sancho was ill and has been non-existent for a while, and the language is not good enough. So, and Martial is is just back from injury for the third time this season. Yeah. So I guess in saying that, don't you? Ronaldo's only one of the few players who's actually fit. <laughs> and I, I, I and I think if we did have Martial around, and if Jadon Sancho was a human being and not injured, and if Anthony hadn't also gotten injured in the last few games. Ronaldo probably doesn't play as many nineties, but we've got players. We've got players out, and we've uh, haven't really got any options. Like I'm not playing a Lang over Ronaldo. I hear you. I really do. I'm the, yeah, but I I hear you because I can see you thinking about it. I'm not playing a Lang. Like we have to. There has to be some respect. I'm not playing a Lang over Cristiano Ronaldo. It's not happening. It's not a pretty situation though. Like I hear what Gaz is saying about his influence is very strong in that team. Understandably, this is a this is a this is a legend, man. Yeah, it's actually sad to see him like this. Most, he's the most influential footballer of our times in world football. But the problem is, keeping him on side is giving him ninety minutes. This guy has thrown his jaws out of the pram when he comes off in the seventy-fifth minute. I remember Brentford last year; he got taken off at two 0 up, seventy minutes, and he literally had a you know a big moan. And after that game, Ralph Ragnick buckled, and it seems like I hope not, but Ten Hag's buckled as well on the back of this. Now, for me, Martial when he came on. There was no reason why Martial couldn't have replaced Ronaldo. But instead, he left him on the pitch. I hear, you know, 3-1 down, goal scorers on the pitch. But the fact is, he's not scoring goals. He's played 1,100 minutes this year and scored three goals. One was a penalty. At what point, you know, do we, Ronaldo the myth, separate Ronaldo the myth from what we're actually seeing in front of our eyes? And that is someone who is just not very good at football at this moment in time. I think, the thing with your point is, I, I don't think there are United fans that I know I'm not talking about top reds. I'm not talking about Ronaldo stands or the or the media that have Ronaldo's backside in their face. I'm talking about general people that watch football on a regular basis. I don't think there's anyone that really thinks Ronaldo should be playing. Hmm. And I guess the issue is a means to an end. We have to do deal with what we've got until players are back and until maybe after the World Cup. So I, I do fully get your point. And your point about substitutions is something we will talk about, I guess, deeper into the pod because that's... That's something that Ten Hag has been questionable on, if if that's the nicest way I want to say it. Yeah, he's been very questionable on some of his decisions in terms of subs and the time he implements them. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that uh, later on. Yeah, so we were we were talking about your thoughts on the lineup there, Gaz, before we kind of... We just we got into a, yeah, a cheeky Ronaldo detour. Um, I don't know how much more you had to had to add about that starting lineup. So obviously Garnacho was in there. Rashford on the right, not not nice. I have a question, fellas. Sorry, yeah, Maybe sure. Humor, right? Actually, with Donny Van der Beek being non-existent, who, what would you have done differently? Would you have gone with a four-three-three and maybe dropped Fred in there, or would you have had Eriksen in the ten? Like, how would you have? Interested to know. What I you... thought that he was probably gonna. I think Fred, just for his work rate, away from home against a rugged uh, Emery side, would probably have made more sense. Um, I knew he was gonna play. Ericsson deep just because he sees Ericsson as so key to being able to progress the ball from the middle third to the final third. Um, 
So I was hoping for like a 4 3 3. But then he's gone with Donny and he's gone to 4 2 3 1. Um, and it just hasn't worked. And I, this is the thing if Donny doesn't do it under Ten Hag, he's fucked. He just, like, like you said, in the right system, his qualities come through. We need kind of force of nature players. Players that can actually just come in as an individual and immediately be an improvement on a previous player that was there and immediately make the team better. Donny's true value comes from having players to bounce off of. Again, when you look at Jaden Sancho, it's the same sort of thing. He needs players on the same wavelength to bounce off of. And yeah, it's not their fault that they're those sort of players. And if, yeah, we were more a more cohesive unit, we could get more out of them. But we're not. We're not. When you see Garnacho able to come in out of the out of the under twenty ones and be impactful at this level, you're looking at uh, Jaden Sancho and saying, "Bro, come on, you know, it's not it's not on." So for me, he should have gone. He should have packed the midfield because we lost Varane, and we know we typically don't clean sheets when Varane isn't there. And we were away from home. It was going to be new manager bounce as well. Um, and then you got that Ronaldo fucker. Um, and I get probably why he didn't necessarily want to go for free free you don't really want Ronaldo isolated because he's not going to occupy the centre-backs any anyway and you probably want somebody who's going to make runs beyond him and keep them honest so I can understand why he probably didn't go for free free um but here's where we talk about his ability to adjust right um I think when it went 2-1 I thought we're coming out of this with a draw we we were on we were at we were on the ascendancy and we definitely deserved a goal um by the end of the first half I think we had good like five ten minute periods of like pressure where we got into good areas and finishing and decision making should have been better and then we just came out and just <sighs> they got us in transition so many times um where it was like three versus three and it's like the three is like Lindelof Martinez and like Dallow or like Casemiro Lindelof and Martinez and then they're up against like Ollie Watkins um Leon Bailey um, and like Ramsey or just nippy players, man. Um, it's really not where we, we wanted to be. So you almost saw that Lindelof was at fault for two of the goals for me. First goal was criminal. He, ah, oh, God, fucking hell, man. Fuck, I I was cool. Now we're talking about it, I'm getting angry. I was all right with it yesterday on the main pod. I was like, yeah, but now I'm talking about it, I'm getting angry. Um, Lindelof is robbing a living. The thing is, he's a name on the sheet. He's third choice centre back, and you know, I, I I I used to like Lindelof as well. Like I thought he was a fairly decent player on the ball. He's got defensive abilities, but how many times are we going to allow someone like Lindelof to come in, just rob a living, cost us the three points? You know, we can't go on like this. Like the drop off is just too big. As good as great as Martinez has been, he's looked really good when Varane's been next to him. Varane mm. is you know, he's a Rolls Royce defender. He's a class act. He's a World Cup winner, Champions League winner. And it tells when you've got Lindelof going into the middle of the park, getting dragged out by Ollie Watkins of all people, and you know, and you know, he heightens whatever weaknesses Martinez has, however, however few they are, they get heightened when he's next to Lindelof because Lindelof can't cover himself. Never mind, next man look good. That's the thing. But do you know what? And I guess a question for you guys. So we've got the first two in Martinez and. Varane, I think two of the best defenders in the league. The drop-off is too steep. Because Maguire would have had a similar game, in my opinion. Maguire, the minute he steps out, and you saw it against Sociedad, the minute he steps up, he gets dubbed. 
The minute he, how often do you see him step up and claim the ball cleanly? The minute he steps up, he gets evaded. So I think you've kind of got Varane and Martinez here. Top quality centre-backs for me. Top four Champions League level centre-backs. And then the drop-off is to two like Europa League centre-backs. That's where we are. Because of them. Two idiots. <laughs> I think the thing with Lindelof is there's two things. Firstly, he, he lacks consistency in the first instance and the second the bigger issue is that he's just not physical enough as a centre-back um, you can be you can be small you can be as Martinez has shown you don't have to be six foot two to be a, a great centre-half it helps but you don't have to be and Lindelof isn't dominant enough in his physical duels the instance in the first goal where Watkins uh, dropped in to draw him out at some instance you just have to foul there at worst give something away if you have to foul foul if you can win the ball even better but you can't allow Watkins to drop to make you come into the space, um, spin, find a man, and then create space for uh, Leon Bailey to then score his first goal. And they kept doing that throughout the game, but actually, um, Bundina, hyper pronounced his name properly, and Watkins and Ramsey were just dropping into pockets and drawing out our players. And then our midfield was just getting flooded constantly by third man runs and constantly by Ramsey and Bundina. And. Yeah, Lindelof, to wrap up Lindelof, uh, he's just not good enough. He's he's a good player, but he's not consistent enough. He's not dominant enough. So. so, this is my thing. What can the manager do when the first goal is an absolute mare from the centre-back? The second goal is a free kick. Well, great free the, kick. Great free kick. The third goal is then again a mare. Like... Aside from not playing them, maybe changing the structure, um, I saw a little clip, somebody posted on Twitter, where I think it was Watkins was coming across, or maybe he was at the byline and like had uh, Lindelof to his back. And the person was like, if Bruno and Anthony were playing, they, they would have closed him down and they would have won the ball off him. Um, so we can talk about the off-ball and the defensive structure and intensity of players, but we don't have enough good players, man. Yeah, that's the... And so what, what you're going to get is you're going to get Ten Hag's philosophy, which is, you know, the great buzzword, his ideology of how he wants to play, which will look good in certain instances, especially maybe the bigger games. It might look better in those games for us, as you mentioned with LVG. But in some, there will be games like this. Until we get our squad up to a level we need to, you're just going to get weeks like this where it just looks, it's just one of those days. It's going to be, it's going to happen because we're not good enough. Yeah, that's why you have to just accept it. And I guess that's why I wasn't so angry. It's like, what do you expect from Lindelof? What do you expect from Donny van der Beek? Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. What do you expect from Cristiano Ronaldo? Garnacho is nice for the Europa League, but probably a away, away day in the Prem um, against a solid Premier League right back in Matty Cash is probably a bit beyond him at this point. But you get it. If um, Ten Hag's choice is him or Alanga, he's going to go with Garnacho because he's got more about him, you know? So we need guys back fit uh, and we need to increase and improve the quality within the team. So I really don't think there's much more to say about it. He could have maybe been a bit more... um, Nah, no, I don't really think there's much to say about it. It was just poor execution, individual errors, um, players coming in were not good enough. Um, And what about when he brought Marsh out on with Ronaldo? How about that? What was that about? He's just leaving his goal scorers on the pitch. I think yeah. his sub signified he'd given up on the game. Um, <laughs> taking show off and stuff like that. I just think he thought, it's an L. We've lost. 
a couple of these men have got a World Cup to go to as well. So it's about protecting them as well to an extent. This is we're, we're in funny times at the minute. Um, so we just try to protect a few, get Martial a few minutes, leaving your goal scorers on the pitch. This team, with all the players fit, doesn't have enough goals in it. Never mind with half the attack obliterated with injury. And so, right, Rashford on the right is just never going to work. It's just, the front three, I've been thinking, the front four, like you mentioned, I've been thinking about it all day. It was just so disjointed. You've got a mm. 19, uh, 18, 19 year old left winger starting his first game. You've got a 38, 38 year old who should have retired starting up front. You've got your best player, your most potent attacker, playing out of position where he's well known to be less effective. And then you've got a cheerleader in the number 10, you know, who shouldn't be on the pitch or anywhere near the pitch. It was just, it, the writing was on the wall. But I think, you know, our good run, our optimism, Donny coming back, Ganacho's debut sort of fooled us. But looking back at it, it was always going to be an L because the selection was horrendous. Lindelof filling in that centre-back. Dallas played his, you know, 430th game of the season. There's tired bodies out there, man. It was inevitable. Mm. I want to ask you guys about Christian Eriksen as well. Um, he's obviously a player who started well for us. Guys were waxing lyrical. I, I've never been a fan. Didn't particularly like him at Spurs. Um, and I understand that he's been better than what we had. But for me, he was almost like the clear indication that this team wasn't good enough. If Christian Eriksen is able to come into central midfield and improve the level that much when he's not a top central midfielder, in my opinion, um, then you've got a problem there. But since he's come back from injury, he's fallen off a cliff, um, mainly defensively, I'd say, um, where before the injury his, his or illness, whatever it was, the work rate was through the roof and we could see him fighting for his life. But he was fighting every single game. Um, Gaz, Akka, um, what are your thoughts on Christian Eriksen? Am I being harsh? Do you, do you see what I'm seeing? Um, talk to me, man. Um, ever so slightly harsh. I, I do agree that he's not a top midfielder anymore. Um, if he ever was subjective again, I thought he was great for Spurs, but I don't think he was be upper echelon of number 10s slash creative players. He was really, really good though for Spurs. Um, but yeah, I agree. He hasn't has it been as good since he came back. I think the issue yesterday was his role was to play as a half six, half eight kind of hybrid role where he was going to be the one to push on more often. But what that did was it left Casemiro with acres and acres to cover. And Ericsson hasn't necessarily got the legs to then get back into position. So what you're then having is just gaps for the likes of um, Bailey, Ramsey, Brodina to run into to collect the ball and pick up the ball and carry the ball. So um, he shouldn't be our long-term solution. I hope he's not. I don't think he will be. Mm. But yeah, it's something that needs addressing at some point. If it's not January, it has to be the summer because um, we can't rely on him going forward, you know, where, for where we want to be anyway. <clears throat> I think defensively he's absolutely atrocious. I think people are bypassing. He's he's, and he's never been good at that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think that's his position where he's playing. For me, we bought him as a 10 to give competition to Bruno and come in for certain games. But with the way the... Because we expected Frankie, I think. The way the window panned out, he has now filled in mm. that ball playing kind of deep line midfield. And he just isn't that. And he's not physical enough for it. The one thing I'll say is, you know, and the, you know, he's looked good in certain games because he passes forward. So he breaks the lines. And that's been, you know, something that we've not had for years at United. But that's not his position. Should he be starting 11? Not really. 
And like I said, come next summer, you hope, like Gaz said, it's been addressed. And he, he feels that, because Donny's going to leave now, it's, it's evident. So Donny's going to go. Ericsson becomes back up number 10 to Bruno. And we get someone like a Frankie de Jong in playing in Ericsson's position. He's filling the role. I mean, on the back of Brentford, I thought we'd never see him in that position again because he was that, you know, we were that bad on that day. Um, but he's done well. He, he He's come in and uh, he turned around after a few games after Brentford. But, you know, his weaknesses are going to show because that is not his position. Defensive side of the game is not his position. He's playing that role to break the line. So I can't be too harsh on him. But like I said, he, he needs to be a backup number 10 and nothing more, really. He fill, he's filling a matter role, really, isn't he? That's what Matter used to do for United, playing the, you know, cup games coming for a few games in the league. But because the way the window panned out the way it did, mm. to be the starting centre of the then that's just... Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, we've we've made him... We've put him in a role. And that's, again, speak to the lack of quality, you know. If it's not him, it would be Fred or it'd be McTominay. That ain't happening on my watch, lads. And it ain't happening on Ten Hag's watch either. So here, here we are. So Casemiro's got to do a hero's job. So um, this is where we are now. After, let me quickly just... Throw up the table. Gosh, it was looking pretty nice the other day. So after 13 games, we've got 23 points, uh, minus one goal difference. Uh, we're three points off Spurs in fourth, um, who we have a game in hand on. We are four points off Newcastle, who we have a game in hand on. City are second, same amount of games as us, nine points ahead. Arsenal are first, same amount of games as us, 11 points ahead. Um if I offered you this position, this point, uh, at the start of the season, um, what are you saying? Yay, nay? Close close to that um, almost golden two points per game, which you typically need to get to, to finish in the top four. I can't get over the first two games of the season. So when I Still? Look at that, yeah, I can't. That was horrific. So what about, so what about, all the, what about the games we got back in blood, though? What about the, the wins against oh, Liverpool? So what I'm saying is, because of them first two games of the season, I'd take this. I'd take this every day of the week. Since then, we've been <laughs> on, a, on a good run. Like, I've got yeah. real PTSD from them first two. Because the way that we had them two games and then we were playing Liverpool, and, you know, it looked like the season was about to go. Yeah, we were about to have zero yeah. points after three no, games. Like, I, I thought, like, there was talks of us finishing bottom half. <laughs> there was, there was I think it was like I think it was them and there was like Arsenal and then there was like City and then someone was like okay there was talks. So yeah there was like, talks was coming bottom half it, it sounds silly looking back at it now no but, but there was there was new manager because... new manager absolutely pumped in his first two games he looked a little lost as well like he called him in like Coach Carter as well for the running as well that could have gone either way it could have gone either way bro so for me on the back of them two games I'm happy with the position that we're in I'm yeah. hurt because. The rivals dropped points on this weekend, and so did we. And that's been a hallmark of United and the top four chases post-Fergie that whenever rivals drop points, we say, you know what, I'll give you one as well. Here you go, we'll, we'll, we'll drop some too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that LeBron thing, you know what, two more for you as well. But I really hope that we can get away from that. But uh, I think <laughs> the season started, the way it started, the window as well, yeah. take I'm taking it. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. Um, how about you guys? How, how do you feel about? Obviously, we've still got another uh, league game to play this uh, uh, Sunday against Fulham. Um, but how do you feel with how we've done so far? This kind of pre World Cup half of the season. I'm leaving with something. I'm leaving with something. I'll take it. <laughs> you've seen enough, yeah. Yeah, considering the squad that we have, with what? How many points for Newcastle? They're fourth, right? Yeah. I know uh, Spurs are fourth, and we're three points off Spurs with a game in hand. 
And Newcastle are third. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seven. Yeah. Eddie plus, se- plus 17 goal difference. Yeah, they're moving brazy. They're playing uh, Chelsea next week, though, so we have to win at, at the cottage. For me, it's, it's you know they're gonna beat Chelsea. Out. For me, they're 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 at um St James's Park or the Sports Direct Arena, whatever they call it now. We got um, to keep pace. We got to keep pace. Oh, we got a win or something. They've gotten good so quickly. Yeah, he's a good man. He's underrated manager for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, before we go forward, <laughs> let's go backwards. Uh, we also happen to be in a competition called Europa League. A lot of people calling it the premier competition in Europe with the amount of teams that uh, dropped out from the Champions League. Um, we had a final group game against Real Sociedad. We needed to win by two clear goals to finish top of our group and avoid the round of 32 games against the third place teams in the Champions League. Um, we proceeded to win 1-0, but it wasn't a pretty 1-0. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on, on that game? Um, the first half for me, was a typical kind of United in Europe performance. We needed an early goal. We had to win by two. So I remember saying at time, you know, uh, it's not bad, it's not bad. You know, we've got the goal. We've got given ourselves a chance. What followed in the second half was just, you know, we got absolutely pressed off the pitch. We looked horrendous. And Ten Hag then went and made some of the worst subs I've ever seen. Just like the way the game finished was in complete farce. And it's something that we've seen regularly with LVG, Ole, you know, a European kind of, you know, seismic collapse and random subs. The only thing missing was Nick Powell coming on for me. And that would have capped off the whole night for us because it was absolutely horrific the way the second half panned out. And it showed how far we've got to go and how much work we've got left to do and how far we are off being a really, really good team for me. So it started off well. We got the win, but it didn't feel like a win because it was it was painful that second half. Mm, how about more you guys? Importantly, more importantly, it just wasn't enough. We needed the second goal and didn't get it. Um, and then the means to go about getting that second goal with Maguire up top. With oh know? my gosh, yeah, you said we we're going to talk about the subs. Let's get into that. Yeah, there's just been times where I feel like he hasn't been pro- uh, proactive in subs, and then when he has been reactive, the reactiveness has been too slow. So it's okay to be reactive. Like Potter was reactive, I guess you could argue, in the Chelsea game against uh, the United Chelsea game. He saw something and then you know reacted to the to the game, um, but yeah, he sometimes is just a bit too slow to make changes. I feel as though, based on the first half and on yesterday, Ronaldo should have came off at half time. Arguably, Donny Van der Beek too, because the game's two one at that point, and that game still. Who are you bringing on Gaffer? Who did we have? I would have brought Fred on... Rashford, Fred and Marshall. Oh, definitely Tony. Come on, that's my guy, you know? Do you know what my thing is? I Tony think now, because of I think because of the multiple injuries, he's going to be really slow with Tony. He wasn't in the squad on Thursday. Yeah, no, he, he because it could easily... He just came back. He just came yeah, back at the start of the week. I know. I'm waiting for United Report to, to pop up with a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Giving you a bit... Cheekbone injury or something stupid. <laughs> Hairline fracture or something. Yeah, something dumb, man. You need him to just have a period of just... Boom, and I he's looked good when he's played this season, so we just need him to. I think, yeah, he's not going to score massive amounts of goals, but again, like an Anthony, and what you see when he comes out is that the person who replaces them is so far off their level, it really impacts the overall quality of the team. You have Marshall, you have somebody who can occupy center back, you have somebody who can keep the ball in the final third, you have somebody who can actually beat players one on one. 
He's a good finisher. He's a good yeah, he could drop in. He's a good finisher. Link and up. he could actually link up really well with the wide forwards and whoever's at the tip of that midfield. He's got a great relationship with Rashford, uh, a telepathic relationship with Rashford. And he gets he played really well with Bruno too. So second half of the season, post-World Cup, I'm looking for him to, to go on a real run and I'm looking for us to do well if he stays fit. Um, so like you said, against Sociedad, he was trying to do the long ball thing. And I think my memory serves me well. His explanation was we were trying to like play, play it on the floor, but we couldn't. They up their intensity, they up their pressing, and we just could not get, we couldn't bypass the, the the midfield or the press. So he started going really long. I can't even think of any half decent chances we created when we when we did that. Like Slabhead doesn't even win enough headers for having a nickname like Slabhead. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, it was a very strange game. I find us a bit uninspired in Europe as well. We had done odd games, I guess, with you know sheriffs. You should beat the sheriffs, or yeah. But I just find us, especially more so in Europe, I just find us so so uninspiring. Maybe it's because it's Thursday night I don't want to watch United play. Anyway, but... yeah. <laughs> so... I hear you. I hear you. Um, listen, it's the elephant in the room, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the elephant on the trunk. We've drawn Barcelona in a round of 32. Lewandowski, Ansu Fati, Dembele, Frankie De Jong, Frankie Busquets, Predri. Um, Frankie Busquets, you know, Sergio Busquets. They've got Gavi, right? <laughs> Gavi, Pedri, uh, no longer PK, Bellerin, depending on how you feel about him, um, and Araujo, a bunch of other a bunch of other players. Um, is that probably the worst draw on paper that we could have gotten? They've sacrificed, the, they've sacrificed the future of their club to have this host of stars. Um how are you guys feeling about that draw? Do you, do you not care about the Europa League or do you think with how competitive the Premier League is, we can't afford to not use every avenue to try and get into the Champions League? Oh, we have to try and win it. We have to try and win it. We need a trophy, man. I'm sorry, we just, we just need a trophy. I know there's added bonus to Champions League, but yeah, trophy, man. I'm telling you, we need a trophy. We need to I've got some bloody meter group chats and the, the DPs are some FA Cup win in 2016, man. This is the Manchester United, man. I've got, was, I've got FA Cup DPs from 2016. We need a trophy, man. I'm telling you. Was that, was last, was that our last trophy? That, no, I, no, so. no, I, don't know. I was shocked to see the picture. Mourinho had uh, the European League and the League Cup. What year was that? 2017. Year after year. Oh, wow. It's getting on, though. Fuck. Exactly. Um, and I think it'll be good for the likes of Rashford now. He's, what, 25? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last time he won something was twenty seven. Just be good for someone like him to pick something up where he's approaching what you'd call prime years. Um, mm. and good just for the team, I guess as well. And you know, Champions League, hopefully. Yeah. So, um, I'm not that worried about Barcelona, and I respect the fact that they've got some very good players still. Um, Lewandowski, Dembele, Pedri. But yeah, I've not been convinced by them this year in totality. They had a tough group, though. They had a tough Champions League group. They did. They be, I think people are underestimating, guys, because they're top of oh, the league. Yeah, yeah. And Sorry, they bro. had a very hard group. And I know they bottled it in the group, but they're a very good team. And yeah, it's the yeah, most yeah. important paper, really. Look, look at that list of players there. Like, And I think what swings it for me is, I was confident, but Martinez is uh, suspended for that Spend first game in Barcelona. And I can see us getting pumped 4-5-1 with Lewandowski hunting down Lindelof. If Ollie Watkins is eating off Lindelof, 
what's Lewandowski going to do to him? You're going to see the bones. And, and Varane might not be fit. And then you've got Maguire and Lindelof. It's not but looking good, bruv. It's not, not looking good. Not Big looking thing, good. Yeah. It's not looking good. I think because of that, that suspension, ridiculous suspension, by the way, it's going to cost us a... I think. I think we're going to lose a tie on the back of that suspension. It's the first leg at their gaff. Yeah. Ooh, because of that suspension, we're going to lose. For me, that swings it. At the Spotify Stadium. It's peak. Spotify, yeah. But Drake got Drake on the side of your stadium, so we'll, <laughs> we'll obviously talk about that closer to the time. But uh, yeah, that's probably the premier clash of the Europa League. 100, yeah, yeah, round, yeah. Of, round of 16. It's sad. I was thinking about it today, man. It's sad. This is no, these but... are two teams, semis, champion semis, got finals 10 years mm. ago, and here we are, Spotify Stadium. You had a pound for how many times I reckon. Aka's gonna mention the Spotify Stadium in the next three months. I'm gonna be a rich, rich I'm gonna be a rich, rich man. He actually looks proper dejected though. Yeah, that Aka feels it in his heart. Today, like you got the Champions League draw, you got Liverpool, Madrid, and then mm. Europa League draw, Barcelona United. We've contested like two European finals, semi-finals. It's sad, man. They had the Ronaldo Messi whole thing. Now you got Ronaldo against himself. You know, it's like. <laughs> Ronaldo against himself. Find himself, man. Ronaldo versus Father Time. Oh my god. Ronaldo versus Father, mate. This is against himself. Okay, cool. Um, so like I said, it's the last game week uh, before the World Cup. Um, we have an an immediate opportunity to get it back in blood against Aston Villa in the League Cup. Um, do you guys care? Yeah. I need a trophy. Yeah, just <laughs> okay. I need a trophy. That's all he can... <laughs> I think that's the title of the pod, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> I think you got the title. Sorry, man. I need something. I, I need, need a medal. A trophy. So you'll take anything, yeah. You'll take a league cup, you'll take a yeah, FA Cup. You just need bro. to see the land lift something. We we have no right to be picky. We have no right. To... What do those trophies do for you lot? Um, it's a morale booster. It's an okay, obviously... does, it boost... does it boost your morale though? It does. I personally think it does. The reason I always go back to the time where Fergie spoke, someone at United spoke about when we won the League Cup in 2005 with when we got dropped, I'm almost certain, because we played so hard front with maybe Rooney. Yeah, I remember that game. Ranistro got dropped. We played Ronaldo, Rooney. We Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, someone in the team or someone around that time spoke about how important it was for them to win that because they hadn't won anything since 2003 FA Cup. And this was the time where them young boys were less coming into their, their prime, like Rudy and Ronaldo, and it was becoming a new team. And I think and to some degree, we are trying to become a new team on the Ten Hag. Um, so any trophy you win is something to celebrate. And I think we should t- grab that with, you know, with every opportunity possible. Um, but the problem you- is our squad is so... So thin. Even more so, guys. I think to add to your point, this team or some of the players in this team have been to a lot of semis and a lot of finals, and they've not got over the line. And I think that's such a big thing. I think they just need it for their their their, their ability and their you know for mentally for them to feel like we can get over the line. Because a lot of these guys in the squad, I'm talking about your Maguires, your Lindelofs. I know they're not, they're not going to be around for long, but they've got nothing to show. They're moving like Lucas Leiva out here, and they, they've got nothing to show. And you know we need it. We've we've watched a lot of semis and a lot of finals in the last five years. So I think the team, the club, needs a trophy. I'm not going to be picky. Ideally, Europa because it gets us the Champions League spot. Um, but I'll take anything. I'll take anything. 
Damn. <laughs> what yeah. about you? Would you have it? Would you take it, Mariah? Um, I mean, it's good to just win games, I guess. Like, what, what's the benefit of not winning the games? If those games accumulate and you win some sort of trophy at the end, that's good. But th- those trophies... I don't think... I get what you're saying, but I don't think this team is like the 2005 squad. I think... No, it's 100%, 100%, 100%. I think it's a pretty senior team now. Rashford, who's probably the last of whom we call the YGs, just turned 25. Martial's 26. Martinez is, what, 24, 25. Bruno's 26. Varane's 31. Um, you might look at uh, Casemiro's 30, 31. Like, these guys are not coming for a project. We should be competing by the back end of... Or not back end, by not next season, the season after. We have to be competing. I don't... If you buy a player... Then that a would white, make it a project. If you buy... It, huh? That would then make it a project because, but what I mean by it's, it's not a project is that it's not a youth. Either, development. Yeah, yeah, it's not a youth develop. Yeah, it's, it's a, a team has to develop because we are at a certain level and we need to improve. But I get it for an 18, 19 year old Ronaldo and Rooney. Okay, to them this was like the start of we know where we're going. We're well, we're going to be world beaters, and this is just the beginning of the next great era for Manchester United. These lads are just fighting for their lives because City ain't, City ain't going no. Gone. It's more so for the manager, like the, it is. A, it is Ten Hag's project, and it's like you've, you know, if Ten Hag comes in, gets the trophy in his first season, he's done better than two of his predecessors have in the last five years. Fair enough. Three predecessors. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Come in and showed, you know what? I play football a certain way. I've made a few signings, got you up the table, improved you, and I've got a trophy to show for it. I think that's, a, whole, that's a hell of a lot of clout, to be fair. It's building it's, block. It's a, it's a very good building block. One needs it. We need. We need something to believe in, man. <laughs> we need it. Okay, you're killing me. All right, cool. Fine. I'm all in then. Let's win a trophy this season. <laughs> Go on, son. Love that from you, man. So we've got we've got Villa at home midweek in the League Cup. So obviously the plan is to get it back in blood. As we know with Ten Hag, no rotation whatsoever. So the team you saw on Saturday Sunday is pretty much gonna be the team that you see on Wednesday. Uh and then we've got on Sunday, 4 30, the last game before we break up. Uh, Fulham at home. No, Fulham away, sorry. Not Fulham at, um, Fulham away, right? Um, Man said Mitrovic versus Lindelof. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. And Mitrovic prides himself on giving the opposition centre-backs a bad day. Even if it's like, I'm not getting a goal today, you're going to know you played 90 minutes with Mitrovic. <laughs> yeah. He's going to make sure that you know he was there that day. Yeah. So... Oh, God. Andres Pereira, he, he's supposedly oh. doing well. He, oh, he is killing it for being fantasy, by the way. Absolutely. Isn't he? Uh, all, them, all them corners, yeah? He's just... Well, he thinks he's Bex, just whipping the... He scored again on the weekend against City. Yeah, he's, he's enjoying life. He's doing his, he's doing his thing. Um, so, give me some predictions for the next two games, then. Um, midweek? Mm. Scrappy win. Give me a score. 1-0. Cool and Martial goal, Martial goal. <laughs> you didn't even say that with confidence, Aka. And then uh, <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> give me a prediction. <laughs> One nil. <laughs> you know is, When's the last game we scored like multiple goals? Spurs, right? And one of them yeah. European games, I guess. I'm not sheriff. I'm not cutting them, boy. There. <laughs> uh, Spurs two 0 Spurs 2 0, and yeah, we've we got don't one max two goals in us, so this is insane, man. 
Like, once it went, like, we can't concede. It's like, if we concede, the best you're getting probably is a draw. And yeah. we only have clean sheets when Varane plays. So I hear you, 2-1 nils is probably the most realistic result for us, man. Cool. Yeah. Let's finish up with some listeners' questions, man. Um, first question is from that Adani guy. Shout him out, long-term listener. Yeah, At half time, yep. At half time, would you guys have made changes instead of what Ten Hag did, and would your changes have been the same or different? So I think we've addressed that. Mm. Um, ZS underscore London, shout him out, another long-term listener. The lack of P and P, especially in midfield, has been glaring this season. Any names you think could address that? And then second question: How bad is CR thirty-seven? It's just. We've addressed Ronaldo already, to be fair. Don't need to talk about him anymore. Yeah. Um, I haven't... Again, he's already, I guess, addressed how I'd answer that question, is that the pace and power is is a big issue for this team, especially in, this, in the midfield areas. I haven't got anyone in mind, mm-hmm. per se. After it's not so it. flimsy. It felt so flimsy in there with Ericsson and Van der Beek. And Ericsson and Van der Beek, no power. No, like, energy, nothing. Donny van der Beek trying to get into pocket. Like, what was he doing? He was just running around. Bro, do you know what he kept doing? Do you know what he kept doing? Where he was supposed to show for the ball in the pockets, he kept trying to trying to arc for the ball in between the centre-backs or in, in, like, the spaces which were non-existent. It was so frustrating. When I mentioned it in the group chat, someone said, no, he weren't hiding. But he was because I get... You know the them ones where they tried to act like... Bro, I'm calling for it, but you're calling for it in a place that you're not unless you're fucking messy getting the ball from Iniesta, that ball is not getting to you. And the difference would be my guy James Madison would be trying to receive either on the half turn or if you had mm. his be aware of what's going on and he'd receive the ball in those areas and find a pass or find a way to, to get out of those situations. So it's so frustrating when you can see where the team can be improved. Not saying that Madison brings PMP. Yeah, but he just brings quality, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for me Straight it's fight it just needs a bit of fight like I know we lost and might be clutching our straws but Martinez wasn't happy about losing you could see it like he was going around throwing his elbows about trying to start you guys think that should have been a penalty by the way that he elbow one yeah, but he doesn't like losing you can see Martinez hates losing Casemiro yeah, yeah, yeah. as well was monstrous and like you can tell they don't like losing it's, that's what I like about that. Even Anthony. Even involved. Anthony, exactly. Yeah. They've got personality, man. They don't like losing. The way they celebrate in Jorginho's face. They want, they come, they come here to win. They've come here to win games. Casemiro is not here to pick up a paycheck like a lot of players that have come to United in the last 10 years. Yeah. He's here to win games. He's here to raise the bar. For me, we don't. it's not PMP that we need. We need fight in that midfield. You've got Donny running around with his pom-poms and you've got... But has got fight. Who's that? Your boy right, Scott. Hey, Mariah, you're naughty for that. Well, this is, it comes back to, you know, i seen a meme to, you know, it said uh, Donny's off the ball movement is flirting and McTominay hiding is harassment. But it's the same thing. It's true. It's true. McTominay's a fire. You know what I thought about today? McTominay's going to end up with about 400 appearances for Man United. And that's like, it might be scary, but he's a fire, man. He's against all, all odds. How many appearances did you say he's going to get? He's, he'll end up with about three to four hundred appearances for oh, Man United. No, he won't. That's for Manchester United. No, he won't. How what many do you reckon he's got? on now? He's on 150 now or something, isn't he? Jesus. My word. Since what? 186. I think he'll do it. Yeah, he, he, might, he might get there, you know. <laughs> Plus 300. Testimonials, everything, mate. He's a fighter. We're here to fight. Look at how happy he's been today. <laughs> he makes me sick. 
<laughs> Aka, you you're a confusing brother, man. Honestly, the guy said we need you don't just need fight, we need quality, bro. We need, we need quality Casemiro, footballers. Casemiro level quality and fight. We need Martinez level quality and fight. We need don't fight say, in the, the culture is changing though around the club. I can feel it, man. They don't like losing. We don't, you know, it's they don't you can see they didn't like losing yesterday, and that's good. That's it is, it is. Okay. Next question is from Count Dracula. Can you rank Sancho, Schneiderlin, Maguire, Lukaku, and Van der Beek from bad to worst signings based on effectiveness only? Okay. Yeah. So the best of that bunch is Lukaku. Yes. Who did um, the four? Sancho, Schneiderlin, Donny. Maguire, and Van der Beek are the other four. I think next is Maguire. Yes. He had a lot. He had a for me. He his first two years, year and I'd par. give him a year. It was par, and, and I think the rest can't say that. Maguire, cool. Schneiderlin is second. I think Schneiderlin's the worst. I think he's the biggest problem. Who's the worst? I think Schneiderlin was bad, man. I think Van, Van der Beek's been the worst. Close. It's a stink off, but I think Schneiderlin was a bomb. I'm happy. Go either. Don't give a shit. Fucking so you got Sancho third, third in the middle. By default. Yeah. By default. It's just by yeah, default. The worst and you got default. So by default, you got Sancho third, then you've got Van der Beek, and then you say Schneiderlin was the worst, yeah? You can go either or. You know what? Yeah, I think, I can't remember Schneiderlin having a good game. <laughs> no, do you know what? What I remember of Schneiderlin is when he'd play, we'd always be more defensively solid, but he couldn't play it forward. And this is yeah. the issue when you're looking at the, the, the profile of players that you're getting from the lower club. It's one thing to be able to progress the ball for Southampton. It's a completely different other thing to be able to progress the ball for Manchester United, how teams set up against you. So he'd always make us more solid defensively, but we couldn't progress the ball. I just, I think with him, I had the mindset, he's, you know, we needed a midfielder. He's coming in as a saviour, proven Premier League footballer, breaking into the France squad. And I got nothing, man. The most I got is that like a, an article in the newspaper that his girlfriend works at Primark or something. That's, that's my living, lasting memory of Schneiderlin, man. Where's he gone after? The, where's he gone since? I, I think he went to France. So I think we. You think? He went yeah. never somewhere else after. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Went, I think we bought him for thirty, sold him for one million. Damn. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more, mate. I'm sure. He's only thirty-two now. He's at Nice at the moment. Um. Hold on, no, actually, sorry, my bad. Uh, we bought um, the fee was 20 million, rising to 24. 24, yeah, yeah. Wow, well, we took that's one of the best sales we've ever done. How much do we sell him for? Ever in the punk zone, oh boy, anyway. 20, right? Yeah, remember, they used to be the seller, the, like this team that oh, you had. To, Everton they, they, kept making those, they kept making those 40 million signings from the teams above them, thinking you know that we had enough of those players. You that know was scary. Cool. Everton took Donny on loan. They took Schneiderlin. Mm -hmm. And they, they sold us Lukaku. Mm -hmm. And they might even take Maguire and Sancho. So they might have every single player on that list. At some point. That is scary. That's scary. You can see Sancho and Maguire. You no know Lampard would love Maguire. British yeah. lads. Right, Good British lads. For many talk that James Tarvoski, Tarvoski, what his name is, got yeah. yeah, he's having a bit of fucking Maguire, man. Yeah, definitely. Maguire's like the quintessential version of them, man, there. Um, underscore M4F79. What's Sancho's future looking like at Man United? Everton. 
guys, I'm going to come across to you guys because oh, early, go. doors, no, early doors. Nah, this is just two gentlemen. Early doors. <laughs> when I was <laughs> early doors, when I was getting onto him, he was like, "Come on, man, give him some time, Sanch, man." And then I think he had a couple like decent halves or whatever, and uh. he was like, my boy, "My boy is warming. Where's your head out now?" Uh, it's a what do you think is the issue? So two questions. Where's your head at now? And what do you think is the issue with him? Do you think you misjudged his talent or do you just think it's a bad fit? A uh, couple things. Uh, frustrated. Disappointed. Um, I sound like a dad at parents even, in it? I'm not saying frustrated, disappointed. Run amok. Let us stray. Flat out deceived. Arguably. Flat out deceived. <laughs> Arguably. Um... I do believe there's a good player in there, you know. And I, I, it sounds like I'm being like, you know, I have nothing to defend him with in terms of performances and output. There's nothing, you know. He's had some good finishes. I think the Leicester game was went around the keeper or something. Um, mm. And the Liverpool game, chop, finish. Mm. Um, in those instances, that's the only instance where I can say he's actually been good and effective for us. And it's not enough. It's not enough for a winger. It's not enough for this Manchester United team who needs players who can take the game by the scruff of the neck and make things happen. Like a Rashford has done in the last couple of weeks and has done in the past. Like Garnacho has tried to. And that's, that's the thing. Garnacho has clearly shown he's still quite raw. Sometimes he overcarries the ball, over dribbles. His touches aren't as as smooth. He's more of a runner with the ball than a necessarily a dribbler or maybe a hybrid of both anyway. Um, but he's trying, you know? He's trying to make things happen. And I can only credit someone that tries. Sancho doesn't even try take-ons. And when he does, it fails. So it's very frustrating. And obviously, the conversation has been, oh, we put him in the 10 and oh, it might work. And I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it's just a disappointed fan. Or, well, disappointed United fan and a disappointed person. In I thought we would get more than we have from him. And I think everyone has felt the same way. Um, the future, I don't think United get rid anytime soon because of how much they put into him and his profile and because he's an English player. I think if this is the same case by this time next year, and I know it sounds like a long time, but I think he will be given that. If it's the same, then he's in He's in big, big trouble. Yeah, big, big trouble. So it's on to him. What, he's 20, 22, 23. It's time, man. You've got you to step up. You've got to, you know, and does he look overweight to you lot? Or is it just me bugging? Does he look a bit... He just does not look like a physical specimen, man. And he's a, he's a bit of a coward as well. He's a coward in those physical jewels that jars He doesn't look like serious. Him. He doesn't look serious. He comes alive in the box, but he doesn't look serious. And it's we're at a big crossroads with him because he's not going to go to the World Cup. There's an argument... No way. He, there's an argument he, he shouldn't make the provisional 85-man squad. How <laughs> <laughs> can you expend it? <laughs> Never mind. Never mind for 23 months. Bro. It's fully it's fully 55, my boy. You boyed it. I don't think England aren't doing that. England are doing what Brazil did straight to the 26, man. No, they're doing, like, they're, they're doing like judges' houses and stuff and everything. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing the 55 man squad banter thing straight to the 26. That's funny. Why man taking three keepers? I'm taking two keepers, bro. I'm risking that for another outfield player effort. But just with Sancho, he's going to miss the World Cup. He's going to watch it from home. That's going to hurt him, man. Because he's one of the hottest prospects, hottest prospects in English football. I never liked that lad. I never liked him. Doesn't ever move me, man. Alongside Foden and Saka. Even, and, even so. Dortmund days. 
Yeah, it didn't ever move me, but I didn't really watch him like that. Like people were behind him, I was like, "It's all right," but I didn't feel like I didn't feel alive when I saw him. You get me? Okay. You, and you say you still think he can be good, guys? Yeah. It might not be here. By the way, might not be here. The question I was going to ask is: Is that as a winger? Yeah. yeah, but he might not be. He might not be in England. He might not be at Man United. He's... So what? He's got to go back to Germany. <laughs> um. Or and we've spoken about it before. I still think at like a city type team who are just at the up. And again, it's a cheat code because they're the best team in the country. So what does that even mean? But profile wise, he probably does suit them more than he suits us at this present moment in time. So I believe mm. even at a city, he would look somewhat of a better player than he does. Which again, mm. consequence of city being good, but also the style of play that they have. Um, yeah, I think like you, I've seen enough to say he can play football to a very high level. It just might not be here. It just might not be here. And as you said, some people feel like he's not serious. Um, so good luck to him. Hopefully it works out for him here. Because I'm a United Well, fan. you're done with him, yeah? I feel like me and Jeff are the only ones are holding on to like the smallest. No, no, I'm, I'm, despite all my insults and everything, I'm still backing him. I still feel like I want to see some fight from him after the World Cup. That should hurt his ego. That should hurt everything that he's worked for. And uh, no, he should already know he's not going. He, but the thing is, the thing as well is that like, <laughs> the thing, the thing that, a holiday. For me, for me, it seems like you follow his career clo- more closely than me, so you can shed more light on it. At mm. Dortmund, he did play on the right. Um, both right, right left. Yeah, uh, over um, here he's come he, and he's got this obsession playing the left, and Rashford displaced him there, and now Ganacho's ahead in the pecking order for me. So he's got to go over to the right now, and we, that's the problem position for us if Anthony's not fit. So he's got a show post World Cup. He's got the fight, get into some kind of shape, get into some kind of form, and try to displace Anthony from the right and show that he's up for the fight. If he's not, he's on borrowed time. Do you, know, do you know another issue of mine has been, and I think Elijah spoke about it before. Even the technical security of you. Okay, you're not taking on man with two or three steps and finding your way past him. Like the the small things where like his passing, his passing completion has been so bad. Towards the back end of you know, since he's before he got dropped, his passing was horrible. I think the Chelsea game was it he played in. Yeah, he got uh, hooked he up. Got hooked. Oh, it was horrible. That's it. He's not been seen since. It was horrible. It was horrible. And that's the one facet of the game where it's like, okay, at least make sure your your passes are smooth, crisp, finding your teammates with purpose. He's not even doing that. Not even doing that. So, I've he's got. I have nothing to back him with, and Alex is going to enjoy this part of the pod. So, yeah. <laughs> Lads, I don't think he's got it in him. I think that, um, yeah, I just don't think he's got it. In him. I just don't think he's that good, man. Physically underwhelming, technically underwhelming. Intensity is not there. Mentality is not there. Nothing. It's so worrying in a team where the manager's improving players and guys are improving. He's still getting left behind. I think it was fine last season. Joined a, a, a team and a club that was hot shit, but now. People are improving, and he's been left behind. So he can't necessarily ask oh, the environment. He's lacking something. Some guys will say too many magnums, not me, but he is definitely lacking something because we're seeing other guys are stepping up to the plate, man. He's supposed to be the one who inherits that number seven shirt. Ah, if, if Ronaldo didn't come, seventy million from Dortmund, he was getting that was his seven, shirt. That was his number shirt. seven shirt. Big advert. Probably got him playing the piano or something like that. Um, I just want him out of my sight, man. Sell him, we'll get 50 mil and be done with it, man. 
Fifty if you're lucky. I think his pro card is still high enough to so maybe command a forty to fifty though. So you know do I. Be, you know what would be a good move for him, and they might help him. Uh, Newcastle. I think yeah, they they got now. athletes, man. Playing under Eddie Howe, I still think he's a good player. I, think, not say yeah, Max I don't think he's shit. Final third in transition. I don't think he's shit. I just he's think he has... he's a good player, man. I, yeah, I, I bro, think... you can't just say in transition. Like, how many in transitions is he gonna get, man? Yeah, that's the problem. Like, how, how, how do teams set up against us the vast majority of the time? It's a bad signing. It was a bad signing. Bro, it, just, it didn't fit. Tell me about in transition, bro. Come on, man. Yeah, it's true. Like, you're telling me about in transition, even a Bundesliga highlight. Two on freeze, three on three on freeze. Like, come on, man. Like, you, you skip one half hearted challenge and then it's a three on two. Come on, man. You got, got proper defenders here, man. It's a proper league. It's peace. This is not a fucking proper football, man. I don't think he's, he doesn't, he, I don't think he's not talented, but he just has a lot of weaknesses. He needs to be like, he cannot afford to not be in the best physical shape that he can be in. I don't think he had to be in Germany. He definitely needs to be here. That's what I'm alluding to, though. That's what I need to see, Mariah. Like, we're in November. Mm. Come back from the World Cup January. You've got eight weeks there. Just show you've got something in you, man. Just show you want to, you're willing to fight for this United move that you worked so hard for. Mm. You went to Germany. You did your thing. You know, he's a pioneer in some ways as well. Like, he, he was like, you know, he, he's inspired a, a certain generation to go abroad and apply their trade there and make a mm. name back. And, I just want to see fighting the guy, man. That's a, that's the order of the day for, for me, like for United. If you want to play mm. for United, you want you got to be willing to fight for it. You are now a backup right winger. Show me something, man. Show me some. No, kind your, of... your thing is that like, if they're fighting for the shirt, you're happy with them. That's it, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's sitting down with McComley. I don't know, man. Maybe he's sitting down with McComley. Fuck the quality. Fuck the application. If they're fighting for the shirt, but it's the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. You've got to fight for. It's bare minimum. It's bare minimum, man. You got that? I I can work with something. (laughs) (laughs) I respect it. You know what? I actually respect it because I think if you're fighting for the shirt, you're fighting for everything. You're fighting in every training session. You're you're crushing numbers in the sparring. You're crushing numbers in the gym. You know, so. Your investment managers, you know, we talk about having that dog in us. What is that? That's fight, man. That's fight. Did Ted Hart say himself that he needs to improve physically? I'm sure he did. He does. He's got eight weeks, though. He's got eight weeks from now till he's had had 16 weeks. Yeah, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping when he puts BBC One on and he watches the World Cup, something (laughs) inside him. When he has to load up, he's live player. He's watching, he's watching Gary Lineker go through the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's buffering. His eye player is buffering. I'm hoping something wakes up. In oh, man. Imagine is... being Sancho and you're seeing Jared Bowen ahead of you. You, you feel like yeah. shit. And that's not a disrespect to Jared. He's a, you know, he's a fairly decent footballer, mm-hmm. but you'd feel like shit, wouldn't you? So, I spoke about his weaknesses just very clearly. Why his strengths? Just remind me. He's very good in the final third. I think he's got composure. He knows where the back of the goal is when he gets the chance. He can pick the right pass out. I know his passing has been dog shit in the last few months, but he has got a very good pass in the final third. He's got a good link up. Yeah, he's that type of like he's that type of technical player where it's like a lot of interplays and interchanges and um he he can he can do skills, but it doesn't amount to anything. So, in a sense, it kind of is null and void in England because I've seen him pull it off in in Germany. But as you said, Germany and England are two different, two different bulldogs. Ah, uh, my God! We are where we are. 
even them qualities, bro. People compare him to one matter, and I think that's probably maybe even doing one matter a disservice. Yeah. Well, which matter? If you're talking about Chelsea, Chelsea matter, Chelsea matter. That's 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 not fair because matters put numbers in the plate. Mm. But he has in Germany. Yeah, he's even... in Germany. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do enough movement off the ball. Always wants it to feet. Like he just needs to. His toolbox is shocking. His toolbox is shocking. He needs to get in the lab, and that's respectfully. I really have no right to say that about somebody who's two K. My my career build. <laughs> You're getting your seven-foot centre to learn how to shoot threes. He needs to get in the lab and he needs to just, like you said, Akka, he needs to just want it, man. But he's only he 300 bags it. a week or 300 bags a week and he's like, he don't Jesus care God, man. I hate to begrudge these lads their, their, their payday, but 22, 21, 22, 300 bags a week. Five-year contract. By all intents and purposes, you've made it in life. It's about. It's about. That's why. I, that's why I respect Rashford because he wants to go down as the one. You know, United's top goal scorer, winning trophies, done it all. You see it in his demeanor, and you just don't mm. see that with Sancho at the minute. He wants to go down as the one, Escanor. Yeah. All right. We'll that's see. Fun. We'll see. All right. We'll see how it goes, man. Yeah. Lads, we go again, man. Aka, it's always a pleasure. Love, bro. Guys, love for coming through. Love, bro. Come on. Peace, lads. Rashford. He's in here. He scores. Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Sports Social Podcast Network.